you are a good God. And we can enter into your presence, Father. And just declare who you are, Father. And rejoice in you, Father. Because with who else can we rejoice but you, Father? You are the giver. You are the giver of salvation. You were the one that paid the price for us. You were the one that sets us free. You are the one that gave us a purpose. And we praise you and we worship you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. together once a month with both congregations, the Spanish and English uh, congregations, and uh, have a time of worship and remind ourselves, remind our community, and even remind the spiritual realm that we are one body. Amen? Uh, and uh, it's just wonderful uh, to be able to do that. So I'm very happy to be here this morning. Pastor Victor uh, is uh, at home right now, still recovering. So uh, I'm sure he's thinking about all of you and maybe even watching us online. So hi, Pastor Victor. <laughs> Blessings to you. <laughs> um, this month is, uh, it's been dedicated as a, the month of the family. And, and as such, uh, we are wanting to focus on um, subjects or issues regarding the family. And of course, um, and what God's word has to tell us about it. The family is the uh, primary unit in our community that's going to make an impact um, uh, around us. And the main uh, uh, unit that God has called to evangelize the rest of the world. We see it all over scripture. Even from from the beginning, the first man and woman, they were called to go ahead and multiply and fill the earth uh, with God's glory, which is God's image. And so um, that's, um, I, I think it's a very important uh, subject to talk about. And we're going to go ahead and, and focus on that uh, for, this, uh, for this month. And so today, um, what I want to share with you guys is this, is that the, the best and most efficient weapon that uh, we have in our times is what we do. Um, in other words... It's how we take responsibility for what is in our hands to get done. Let me expound on that a little bit more, all right? 
We live in a time where we have um, certain battles that we're fighting. Uh, and many people are doing that through politics, voting, um, standing up in their school boards and speaking against things that are being taught. Uh, and sometimes going off on rants on social media. <laughs> Those are very popular. Uh, but the best thing that we can do is what we are doing in our homes. Amen? We can criticize our teachers, politicians, community leaders, uh, everything that's going on around us, a certain political party. But if we're not doing our job at our homes, it doesn't matter, guys. There's no point to it. And that's why it's important that we focus on these things because God calls us to be responsible for what he's put in our hands. He's given us a whole book with his message. And he's given us responsibilities. Amen? So um, we're going to talk about a few practical things this morning. Some of them might seem a little comical at times. Um, and maybe things that you're probably familiar with and might, might sound a little redundant to you, mundane maybe. Uh, but are very important and, and profound when we practice them. Um, every marriage has and will have problems, right? Amen? Any perfect marriages here? Never had any problems? Good job. Good answer. Good answer. She's perfect, not I, uh, Pastor says. <laughs> Every marriage has problems. Every marriage has issues. When we talk about two different people from different backgrounds, uh, from different family dynamics, uh, coming together to form a family. Uh, things have to be, things get a little rough at times. Many times at the beginning of marriages, you have to adjust to certain things that you didn't see when you were dating. <laughs> right? Surprise, surprise. Reminds me of the funny video where they're at the honeymoon and the lady starts taking all the stuff, you know, the makeup and everything. And, ah, the guy gets scared, right? But it's more than that. <laughs> it's more than just the physical it's, it's things that you discover in the person's personality, their habits, sometimes even the way they think. Even though you might have been believers, both yourselves might have been believers when you started dating and you got married. There are things that you will discover that you didn't see there before. And so you have to work around those things. And those things can create conflict. Those things can create problems and issues. Sometimes really, really difficult moments. And so many times... As human beings, we want to vent out those frustrations, right? When we encounter situations that are difficult to us. And so today, I want to give you five practical things entitled Five Wrong Places to Publicize Your Marriage Problems. All right? We're going to talk, we're going to talk about those things, and they're very practical, but at the end, I also want to go ahead. God wants us to look at his word and, and the prof profoundity of, of what, of how he, of the whole thing, okay? So follow me as we go through this together and we learn from it. Um, and some of them may seem a little silly. Some of them may seem a little too, uh, like I said, too uh, uh, simple. But they can have major impact on a relationship with our spouse. All right? So wrong, uh, five wrong places to publicize your marriage problems. Let's have a foundation in the word of God. And that foundation 
is going to be in Proverbs 24, verse 3. If you see me going a little slower as I speak, it's because I'm trying to have mercy on the translator. All right? I want her to be able to translate it into Spanish correctly to our Spanish-speaking audience. So um, Proverbs 24, 3 says, By wisdom a house is built. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. Isn't that what we come to do together when we get married? We're building a house, right? We're building a, uh, we're, we're forming a family. And so in order to do that, we need to have the wisdom that the word of God has to offer to us. And it says, by understanding, you know that there's two parts to understanding the things that God reveals to us. The first one is the revelation from the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. It makes it clear to us. Yes. Number two, the second thing that leads us to understanding is us putting work into actually seeking and searching and reading and asking for counsel, for advice, for the things that are necessary in order for us to do what God has has called us to do. Does that make sense? Amen or kind of? (laughs) All right. In other words, it takes work, guys. There's no type of some kind of infusion where you're just going to sit in your, in your chair or in your pew where the word of God is just going to infuse you automatically and all of a sudden you're going to get out of the service with this bright glory around you that you have all the knowledge that you need to carry out what God has called you to do. There has to be some work put into it. That's why we have Wednesday evenings to come to Bible studies. That's why we have discipleship groups. That's why we have ministries, uh, schools of ministry. That's why we have home Bible studies. That's why we have people available to counsel others. That's why there is this whole thing. That's why you have your Bible at home to actually open it, blow the dust off of it, and put some work into understanding what God has to say to you and me about these things. Right? That's what understanding talks about. All right, so it is by wisdom and understanding that a house is built and established. So five wrong places to publicize your marriage problems. The first one, it's a little surprising to me because I'm not sure if I've often seen this on social media. Uh, I've seen all kinds of weird stuff on social media. Uh, You see your political rants, you see weird videos, you see people talking too much about themselves or posting too many pictures of themselves idolizing themselves right um i haven't seen too much of this but i think it's a good thing to call out because it's out there and too many times we can be very unwise when we use these things in our day um so social media is one place where you do not want to go out and vent out about your marital problems, right? Let, let's just be very real about it, right? Uh, everyone can see it, guys. <laughs> everyone can see what you put on there. Well, I only have my friends. Um, you'll be surprised how something that started with your friends only ends up with other people. You got to be very, very careful. And number two, you can never, ever take it down from there. 
That's just how the world of the internet works nowadays. You can never take that down from there. Even if you repent from it, you ask for forgiveness, it can never be taken down from there. We have become a culture that is so entertained by these things, and we have so much easy access to be able to post anything on, that, on these platforms, uh, and we like to keep up with everything that's going on, right? I mean, those of us that use it. You know, there are some people that, are, um, um, that don't like it at all, and that's understandable. And uh, it's probably for the best <laughs> for some of them. Uh, but uh, most of us, I would probably say about 95% of people here around them, that percentage, or maybe a little less, use these platforms. Um, we got to be careful with what we post on there. And this is going to, to those who are currently married and those people who are seeking to be married sometime soon. Be very careful with what you post online. It's going to uh, stay on there. And when a husband or wife disparage, disparages their spouse on social media, just imagine the betrayal that that other person may feel. You're hurting them. Okay? So we got to be very, very careful. The next place to not publicize your marital problems. Um, I don't know how this works with you with most people, but within the traditional Hispanic community, I would say, um, parents can get a little too involved. (laughs) I don't know how it works with other cultures, but I've seen it a lot. It's um, it's, It's very highlighted in the Hispanic community. And we gotta be careful because um, many times when we go through marital problems, um, we find ourselves being very close to our parents and those will be the first people that we wanna go to and start expressing all the things that happened at home. Not very wise, guys. Let's start with what scripture says, especially to man. What does scripture say to man about marriage? Who is he going to leave and become one with whom? You got to be careful. What happens is that some of us grow up and become adults and we're still mama's boy or mommy's little girl. (laughs) And we got to be very careful, okay? We got to be very careful. Now, that doesn't mean that we break our relationship with our parents. It doesn't mean that we have that intimacy with them that we've always had. It doesn't mean that we can't sit down with them and talk about our problems. But we got to be very cautious. And here's why. Because your father, your mother, automatically, when he or she hears something that's happening at home, without even wanting to, is most likely going to lean more towards your side. They're not going to have the right perspective. Okay? They're not going to have... um, there's going to be a conflict of interest, if you will. <laughs> They're always going to take an, an, one side and not have an objective perspective. Does that make sense? I can tell you by experience, I have three, bo- three uh, children. My oldest is a girl. And anybody that tries to even touch a hair on her, Lord forgive me, may feel the wrath the heavenly wrath that you can transmit through me, God, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, and I can understand that, right? But we have to be very cautious because that can throw off 
the relationship between you and then and then your parents will not be able to see this person uh, from the right perspective. I'm going to tell you something. Even from the, from the beginning, your mom or your dad was a little cautious about the person you already married. No matter how good they were. For any parent, no matter how much they love their son-in-law, how much they love their daughter-in-law, there's always something in the subconscious. Is that person really going to treat my son or my daughter, daughter correctly the whole time? There's always something on there, right? So we got to be really cautious because if we're not careful and we uh, divulge these intimate moments in our marriage to our parents, things can go really bad. Thanksgiving dinners can be really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> Amen? All right. Third place, not to publicize your marriage problems. Your Bible study groups. What? The Bible study groups. Isn't that supposed to be a place where we can be a little more open about our situations and about our issues? Well, yes. I would say yes, definitely. We have some home uh, Bible study groups. And obviously besides studying scripture and breaking it down, those are moments to be able to open up about needs that we have uh, in a setting that we don't have here on Sunday mornings, right? But we can go ahead and have some more time for, to pray for each other, cry on each other's shoulders, support each other. Those are what those things are for. The only issue is that we have to be very cautious in regards to what we express during those times, especially about our marriage, because you got to remember that not everyone in your group is equipped for counseling correctly. Not everyone in your group is equipped for counseling correctly. Not everyone in that group has the maturity to be able to see that imperfections do not equal um, a total lost person that's in perversion. And you know, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Some people don't have the maturity to be able to grasp these things and be able to counsel you correctly. All right. Bible study is a place where you're supposed to learn together. Uh, yes, you know, the scripture is a great way to grow, but we got to be very, very cautious um, when we do that. When a spouse shares the struggles of their marriage in the Bible study, uh, whether it's a prayer request, uh, telling your small group how your spouse has made you feel bad, uh, beware that exposing weaknesses can be a form of betrayal also. It can be a form of betrayal. And if your spouse is not a believer and they become aware that you've been exposing their weaknesses all over the place, they're not even going to want to come to church. Even more. Right? So we got to be careful. We got to be wise in who we are going to speak to about these things. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to seek counsel. I'm not saying that we can't find somebody to talk to. But we got to be wise in whom we are going to express these things to. Amen? All right. The fourth place where you want to be careful about expressing your marital problems. Social gatherings. We're not talking about any Bible studies. We're just talking about getting together with friends, going out to lunch, having a barbecue at their house. Um wherever it might be, 
Have you ever been with a group of friends in which one of the couples experiences tension? I don't know if that's happened to you, but I've seen it. You know it because their body language screams that they're not happy with each other. (laughs) You can just see it, unfortunately. Or maybe it's less obvious until one of them starts making manipulative comments that undermine the other person. Right? Just little things here and there. Saying things like, oh yeah, well, my husband works all the time and I'm surprised he had time to come today. Or a lot of comments that make the whole group know that one is not happy with the other. We got to be careful. And what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, what we are trying to do when we do that is trying to make the other person feel bad so that maybe they'll change to what we want them to change. Right? Isn't it amazing that as human beings, we spend our entire time trying to change people and forget about ourselves? <laughs> it's, it's just a natural human tendency without God's perspective. We're always trying to change. We're trying to change our environment, our surrounding, uh, the people at work. That we leave one job to go to the next because we're trying to change everything around us. But could it be that we're the problem? We're the issue? We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't do that. And so that's what's happening in some of these settings, in the, these social settings, when there's a curse. The person is trying to manipulate in order to see if he, if he or she can make some change in that person. We got to stop that. We got to quit that activity. Not only is it going to make your spouse feel betrayed, it's going to make everyone else in that place uncomfortable. Really awkward, awkward situation. All right? The fifth place or the fifth uh, wrong way to publicize or talk about your marital problems, and I think this is probably the most important one, in my opinion, is the most important one because of the calling that God has on the family. And that's with your children. That's whether they're already grown as adults or whether they're still kids or teenagers at home. Very, very dangerous ground to walk upon that you would be so um, not careful, so non, uh, to, to divulge these things to your children. When your spouse does whatever may upset you, I don't know, leave the toilet seat up, talk too much, burn the food, I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> and you start talking to your kids about this imperfection to a way that it makes your spouse look um, incompetent, unable, not wise, not prepared. I used to know a man who in front of his five children would tell his wife, why didn't you ever get an education? Why can't you do better than this? All you're doing here is just house cleaning, and why didn't you improve yourself? Wow. Horrible, right? Now, that may be an extreme, but there may be little things here and there that we say that will undermine the respect that our children are supposed to have to our our spouse. Are we making our children take sides by doing that? Think about it. 
Are you opening doors for disrespect on their part towards your spouse? When in fact we're supposed to encourage them and teach them what the word of God says, right? You shall honor your father and your mother. It is an important commandment. And by doing this, we are, uh, uh, we are uh, undermining that in their eyes. They are not honoring uh, their, their parents. Our children long to know that mom and dad love each other and that your love is safe. You know, children feel safe when the relationship between you and your spouse are where it needs to be according to Scripture. And I can tell you that I, I, I experienced that firsthand. When my father and my mother divorced and all the problems that there were before that, it was fear. Constant fear as a five-year, six-year-old child. <clears throat> because you don't feel safe. And these little things can cause and begin to cause that, that, uh, that type of fear in our children. When you work just to speak honestly about their father or mother, you're going to bless them with a sense of security and trust. In other words, when you work on, okay, mom and dad, or dad, they're not perfect people, right? But, it is, but, but you honor that person in front of your children, in, in the eyes of your children. You respect them. You, you show that they are in a place of honor. That's going to build trust and safety in children's hearts. Amen? As you speak up and praise their father or mother, you build in them a respect that will help them obey their parents as well. You want your children to obey your, your husband? You want your children to obey your wife? You better lift your spouse to the level that they deserve in their eyes so that they understand that they are as much as an authority as you are in that household. Amen? Amen. In a book by Rhonda, St I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Stoppy, entitled, If My Husband Changed, I'd Be Happy and Other Myths Wives Believe. <laughs> it's a funny title. I think I would probably change it to husband too, uh, you know, for the husband. If my wife changed, I'd be happy and other myths husbands believe in. Um, she, she shares this. She says, your genuine love for one another will be a light that tells your children and the world that watches them that knowing the Savior really makes a difference in their lives. Letting this light shine does not happen by accident. If you make marital love all about feelings only, you will certainly miss the opportunity to shine like Christ. You know what this is saying is that when life gets tough, guys, and life does get tough, when your hormones kick in, when debts rise, when the children get sick, this is when the light of God's love has the potential to shine brightly, the most brightest. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify who? Your Father in heaven. Now it is said uh, that the best way to be able to do the how is to be extremely aware of the why behind it, right? 
if I am carrying out a task, if I am doing or not doing something, there's got to be a purpose behind it. We got to understand the why. You know, and I always like to open myself up to a certain extent just to share our testimony. Um, Sorel and I have been married for a bit over a decade. And the first few years of our marriage was pretty rough. We had to make some adjustments and they were tough. But there is something that we learned recently, a couple of years ago, where we saw scripture from a different perspective um, that made such a huge revolutionary change in our marriage and in our family life. Um, two things. And I want, I want you, and, and I, I, uh, I, don't, I couldn't get these points on the slide, but if you want to write them down and you kind of remember them. But two things that we learned. Number one, our marriage reflects the character of who God is to our, chil- to, to our children, to the world, and to the spiritual realm. Okay, I'm going to repeat that one more time. Our marriage, your marriage, reflects who God is to our children, to the world, and to the spiritual realm. Within marriage, you find both sides of God, his nurturing and affection, affectionate uh, uh, attitude towards us, and his, 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 his place as a provider and as a protector. And our children are able to see both of those in us. And so when we understand that our goal is to reflect God's image within our marriage, something changes and you put a little more effort into it. <laughs> you see? Because number two, our ultimate goal is to love our God, our Father, with what? All our hearts, all our mind, all our strength, all our soul. If he's the number one person in our lives, if he's the one we're focusing on the most, then everything that we do should have him as the why behind it. Do you understand? If God is number one in our lives, if he is our first love, if we're focused on him, if we're focused on loving him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, then the why behind everything that we do should be him, including our marriage. And I'm telling you, when I understood that personally, it made such a huge difference. It made such a huge difference in my relationship with my wife. When we take steps to fulfill our marriage as God tells us, we are loving him and drawing closer to him. Gary Thomas, the author of a book entitled Sacred Marriage, um, on the front of his book, he starts with the following sentence or the following question. He says, he asks, what if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? (laughs) I'm going to ask that question one more time. Think about it. What if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? I'm telling you, everyone is 
seeking after happiness. I mean, it's even engraved in our constitution, isn't it? That every man is entitled to what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Happiness. It's all over. Everyone is seeking happiness. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I want to be happy. Don't you? Do you want to be happy? Or you want to walk around with a... I used to hang around with a bunch of teenagers when I was a kid that they always wanted to get really depressed because it was the way to write, best way to write poetry. Anyway, you know, we don't want to walk around sad. We want happiness, right? We want happiness. We all do. We're all seeking that, that, that happiness. But what if God... I'm almost asking this question as a rhetorical question because I'm pretty sure the majority of you know the answer for this. <laughs> what if God is seeking more for us to be holy than to be happy? And isn't it awesome and interesting and even powerful that as we seek holiness, we find complete and utter joy? As we seek holiness, as we seek to, to follow Jesus the way he called us to follow him in sacrifice, in carrying our cross, in dying to our desires, in death. <laughs> we find true life, resurrection, and actual joy. It's amazing. So it's not like God was sitting there saying, let me design marriage so that they can be holy and that's it. No, there's actually a goal for that. We actually experience ultimate true joy, which goes beyond happiness as we seek to be holy even within our marriage. And he goes on by saying, if my marriage contradicts my message, I have sabotaged the goal of my life. What is that goal? To be pleasing to Christ and to faithfully fulfill the ministry of reconciliation. Find that in 1 Corinthians 5.18. Proclaiming to the world the good news that we can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to end with this. If we don't fix our families, or I don't want to say if we fix, if we don't strive to lead our families in the right direction, we're going to lose the battle. I don't care how many votes you cast out there at the ballots. I don't care how many times you stand out to protest in the school boards. I don't care how involved you get in all these things, but if we fail to lead our families according to Scripture and do what we've got to do, we're not going to get anywhere. And we're not going to accomplish the goal that God has put in our hands, the ministry of reconciliation, which is to bring other people to the knowledge of salvation in Jesus Christ, guys. Because that's what he's called us to do. So I'm going to end with this. Our marriage is one of the most powerful evangelistic mediums that God wants to use to reconcile the world to himself. Our marriage is one of the most powerful evangelistic mediums that God wants to use to reconcile the world to himself. The family. The family. Thank you.